focus on headline. And let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, joining us in the studio, we have our reporters Yu Sumin and Kim Bom. Guys, welcome back to the studio. Good evening, Esther. All right, so let's start things off with the latest on uh, COVID-19 tallies here. Uh, numbers are showing a clear decline, uh, even considering today is a Monday, uh, which means with the weekend effect, uh, we are going to see uh, relatively lower numbers. Again, still, though, we can't let our guards down especially because there is this new sub-variant emerging in other countries out there. But nevertheless, uh, Sumi, let's start off with the latest figures that came in earlier this morning. Sure. So the new COVID-19 cases dropped to the lowest tally in six weeks earlier today, but concerns linger over another spike with new variants, new mutants, recombinant like XE popping up in other countries. Well, South Korea reported 127,190 new infections, which brought the total caseload to over 14 million. Well, the daily tally dropped by about 100,000 from yesterday, which is a significant drop compared to previous Mondays, even considering that the number is low, usually lower on Mondays. And it also marked the lowest number since the 99,562 cases reported back on February 22nd. Meanwhile, the number of critically ill patients also posted a downward trend, coming in at 1,108, which is down 20 from yesterday. And the total death toll from COVID-19 came to 17,453, which is up to 118 from yesterday. Well, the figures are showing a decline, but we cannot let our guards down again as the government further eased social distancing regulations starting today, and that could somehow affect the infection trajectory over the next few weeks. Well, the government, though, provided not-so-pessimistic projections. Well, the health authorities are projecting that the number of COVID-19 deaths and serious cases to possibly begin declining as early as this week. And senior health official Son Yong-ne also added that such numbers have not seen a sharp rise as was initially feared. And he also forecasted that the number of critically ill patients will not see a drastic uptick. Well, if such numbers fall to stable, manageable levels, the government is expected to move toward lifting all social distancing rules except for the indoor mask wearing requirement. Yeah, if you remember, I think it was uh, last uh, summer, I think, think it was, uh, was when they said that if you are uh, vaccinated with at least one shot, that we they would uh, lift the mask mandate for outdoor activities. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that was, uh, that didn't even start off, actually. That's when we saw another spike in the cases because of the Delta variant at the time. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, speaking of these eased uh, social distancing measures, South Korea, of course, did begin introducing its new relaxed social distancing measures for the next two weeks here. It's kind of a rundown on what they are, Boom start us off on this. Well, SJ, relaxed social distancing measures will be in place starting today for two weeks. First of all, the private gathering limit has been eased to 10 people from 8, and the business hour curfew on restaurants and cafes has been extended by one hour to midnight. Films and shows at theatres may begin any time before midnight, but performances must end before 2 a.m. Meanwhile, protests and demonstrations can have up to 200 
199 people and religious services up to 70% capacity. And with the baseball season having started on Saturday, for the first time since the start of pandemic, games are open to full attendance. In the meantime, health authorities are considering allowing people to go mask-free outside if the virus stays in check for the next two weeks. Health officials uh, has recently said the effect of the current virus curve might be minimal since uh, the Omicron variant is two or three times more contagious than preceding Delta variant. Starting today, local clinics and hospitals can submit their applications to provide in-person treatment for COVID-19 patients. Patients can now book appointments uh, for such treatment and are allowed to visit clinics and hospitals even if they are under self-isolation. All right, so with this, obviously, uh, some people might be concerned, but others are going to be very welcoming of this news. So let's get the response from uh, the small business owners, Boom. Well, they welcomed the latest relaxation of pandemic-related business restrictions while demanding the complete removal of social distancing and other virus curves that has be, have been in place for almost two years. Some also pointed out that the uh, at-home remote uh, work culture adopted throughout the pandemic should be eliminated in order to the small restaurants industry to truly overcome slow business. Officials, workers who have worked at home meanwhile, expressed reservations about the prospects of having to commute to work in the near future. Some have also expressed concerns over the revival of the after-work get-together culture. All right, so that's I mean that that's their biggest concern, the revival of the after after work get together <laughs> culture. We call it Hushik uh, here in Korea. Uh, but guys, when it comes to I guess easing of the measures, I, I think uh, whether it be the curfew, I believe the curfew is now at twelve, like you said, uh, midnight. There's a uh, more relaxed cap on the gathering, ten people, I believe. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't know what's going to happen after two weeks. Uh, Once things get eased, are we going to see the numbers go up once again? Are we still going to see a, a continuous decline? If we do see a decline, we are probably going to see the lifting of the outdoor mask mandates here. I know one person who's not a big fan of masks, uh, Sumin, uh, <laughs> might be very welcoming of this particular news. But let's get your take on uh, lifting of the outdoor mask mandate, starting off with, of course, uh, uh, Sumin. Exactly. Hit the nail on the head. I totally welcome this decision, lifting the outdoor mask requirements, because if this is obviously the first step toward normalizing the quarantine regulations. Well, the weather is getting warmer which you were excited about that's Shay. so people might enjoy spring and summer without their masks on outdoors of course and they can completely take the weather in basking the sunshine camping out what are they jogging and hiking especially if they keep the two meter distance there is no reason not to take their masks off i guess and if you are still feeling uncomfortable you can always put your mask on not just because of the concerns over covid but because of fine dust or i know i don't know maybe flu And I believe if we take South Korea's normal tendencies or characteristics into consideration, I don't think every single South Korean will be mask-free once this uh, requirement uh, becomes in effect. And I heard a friend from Singapore. When Singapore lifted their mask uh, door mandate outside, almost all the people voluntarily put their masks on. So I think it's better to leave this type of decision up to the individuals. And 
This very announcement does not really bother me, but a new announcement from the senior health official, Sun young earlier today, I don't know if you have checked this um, announcement or not, uh, with the new mutant like the XE or XD, uh, which is believed to be a hybrid of two Omicron sub-lineages, uh, they are considering reactivating or resuming the quarantine pass, the mandatory vaccine pass system, or the negative COVID-19 testing certificate based on the new mutants' transmissibility and fatality rate. On this, I am relatively against reinforcing the quarantine pass because Last time I I said this, I I don't think we should go back. And I think we especially have to be careful in implementing retroactive measures. So, yeah, that's my take on this. (laughs) Do you remember, I think it was last week, Mm -hmm. or was it two weeks ago, uh, when you said you were very... uh, basically consistent with your idea yeah. on strict measures being strict put measures. in place and all of a sudden <laughs> it's like Sumin's gone from strict measures to yes let's continue to ease measures don't bring back old vaccine passes let it go not at this point you, I, know. you know I still with the, the, the variants out there uh, there's still a lot of people that haven't gotten uh, the COVID-19 mm. virus right to be honest with you um, one of the I can't say it's positive per se, but I am less worried after I've been infected. I don't know, Pomi, if you feel the mm. same way as well, because you were also, Probably. Uh, you tested positive for COVID-19. Um, but I, I, yeah, you're right. It's not like they're going to yell at you for having your mask on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can choose to have your mask on. I've been uh, running outdoors lately and having the mask on was actually, it uh, helps my workout even more because you run out of breath even more and mm. works out your heart even exactly. more. So <laughs> it helped me out. But yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of uh, just mask mandates being lifted just yet. I think it's a little bit too early. Uh, Pum, what about yourself, your take on lifting the outdoor mask mandate? I think it really depends on how this COVID-19 situation will be like in after two weeks Yeah. in terms of transmission level, death rate and hospital capacity. Um, if we keep seeing the downward trends, I think it's okay, okay to lift the outdoor face mandate. However, the government should communicate very clearly that there is a risk involved if people uh, gather in large numbers so they can keep paying attention to uh, personal hygiene and being responsible. And um, although I agree the lifting uh, the outdoor man- face ma- mask mandate, I think it's better for uh, the vulnerables uh, like the elderly and those who have underlying um, conditions should wear masks for a while. Yeah, yeah. and that, yeah. Was, that was one of the things that I said was I, I'm for, to be honest with you, I'm for easing of the restrictions mm-hmm. um, because I think we've gotten to the point where it's not too serious, but it is still very dangerous for the senior citizens. Mm-hmm. And so putting in still strict measures in places like the senior citizen homes, uh, nursing yeah. facilities, uh, even hospitals, I think, should have, uh, I, I think they should still have uh, vaccine passes mm-hmm. or like some kind of, uh, you know, strict quarantine measures in place for hospitals as well mm-hmm. uh, but just normal you know restaurants cafes and so forth i think it's gone to the point where it, it, it's, it's, it's not necessarily it's effective pointless. i guess it, yeah. it's a bad cold mm-hmm. um it, it's a it's like flu but again it is very dangerous for those with underlying illnesses which is why mm-hmm. i think still strict measures are required uh for mm-hmm. some of these uh, the vulnerable population as well but yeah for sure i think it's uh you know the weather is getting nicer and uh, i think uh, we are going to still see measures uh relax paulina maldonado says here there's concerns about covid19 right now some of the airlines they've cut the uh, flights because a lot of employees are getting infected with the virus mm-hmm. and so this is the one
one thing that we're actually worried about is uh, some of the countries like in the UK where Polina is, uh, they saw a significant downtick after say, they saw a peak in the Omicron variant. And now with the stealth Omicron mm-hmm. and now the, the XC and yeah. the... God knows how much more subvariants there are going to be. They're seeing a spike, another spike in cases. So we're hoping that's not the case here in the country. So I don't think even after two weeks, uh, we should be, I guess, uh, easing the restrictions too greatly, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, nevertheless, let's move on to other issues here. Domestic politics and diplomacy news. President-elect Yoon sung uh, having named ex-Prime Minister Han Duk-soo to serve as the first Prime Minister of his administration, uh, citing priorities in economy and security as well. Sumin, tell us about this. Sure. So President-elect Yoon sung yeol yesterday nominated former Prime Minister Han Duk-soo as the first Prime Minister of his incoming government. Well, Han is the first person to be named to the cabinet of the Yoon administration, which will launch on May 10th. Well, like former presidents announced the choice himself, Yoon sung yeol highlighted Han's experience on the economy and national security, the two top priorities of the Yoon government's agenda. Well, he said that he believes nominee Han Duk-soo is the right person to oversee see and coordinate the cabinet and carry out state affairs based on his abundant experience in both the private sector and the government. Well, Yoon especially pointed out his versatile experience and abilities regardless of his political affiliations, especially as Han Dok-soo himself has a wealth of experience in trade, economy, and diplomacy. Well, Han has said uh, it's an honor on the one hand, but he also said that he feels a grave, heavy, deep sense of responsibility by noting that one of the key factors deciding whether policies succeed will be bilateral, bipartisan cooperation and integration, and he vowed intense debate and communication to realize that. Well, he is known for not revealing his political color or uh, color, which is believed to be the reason for being able to take office in different administrations. And the soon-to-be main opposition Liberal Democratic Party holds a majority in the parliament, so their cooperation will, of course, be crucial for uh, President-elect Yoon Song-yeol to push through some of his major policies and changes to the law. So Yoon could really use the help uh, from the fact that Han has worked for two liberal governments before. Meanwhile, uh, Han Duk-soo himself outlined four focal areas he plans to focus on on the incoming administration. First of all, foreign policy in favor of the national interest and a self-sufficient national defense. And physical health was uh, the one that he really highlighted. And also maintaining a surplus in the international balance of payments and, of course, keeping the level of national productivity high. And especially on fiscal health, he said that the current expansionary policy used to support the response to the COVID-19 pandemic is inevitable in the short run, but he warned against its continued use by highlighting the importance of fiscal health over the longer term. You know, it's what's quite interesting. I think, I don't know if this came as a bit of a surprise for any of you guys, because, uh, you know, well, some people were saying that, what about An Su, right? Uh, oh, was he going yeah. to be uh, prime minister in, in exchange for a kind of uh, uh, 
going into you yeah, know yeah it was shortlisted yeah sure. going hand in hand mm-hmm. with uh, Yoon Sung Yeol but it was very strategic mm-hmm. on uh, the Yoon administration the incoming Yoon administration because they know that especially the prime minister needs to get the uh, the parliamentary uh, hearing and yeah. they need to pass it and so they know that with his uh, you know background being with uh, you know liberal governments in the past that it might be easily passed through and so there's going to be some bipartisan uh, agreement going mm-hmm. on but at the same time on the flip side uh, some of the liberals are basically saying well I mean you're talking about someone who used to be a, uh, a, a liberal mm-hmm. and uh, you know switch sides and so we're not a too big you know we're not a big fan of this guy we're gonna go at it uh, but it is interesting I think it was a very smart strategic move uh, in kind of uh, nominating him whether or not the parliament of course will uh, have, uh, help him pass through this we'll have to find out but again him having held major positions in previous administrations with uh, particular expertise again trade and economics these are two major things right now he is known for a strong support for the market economy sumin you're right. So, as we said, Han had served for both liberal and conservative governments, holding high main positions, including finance minister and prime minister under the Lu Muhyun government and ambassador to the United States under the Lee Myung administration. So, when he served as a prime minister of the Lu Muhyun government, he was instrumental in negotiating the free trade agreement with the United States. Well, as an economic bureaucrat, he did not overtly express his political color or voice, but when it comes to trade, he was. Pretty pretty vocal in manifesting his liberal stance. So as a leading advocate of market openness, he has consistently argued that the economy develops only when a country opens up its border and competes with other countries. So there's one interesting anecdote that better illustrates his thoughts and stance in trade policy. So it goes back to 1998. So he was the chief of the trade negotiations team back then, and he changed the official government car to a Swedish sub-art vehicle in efforts to promote and demonstrate the South Korean government's efforts to open market to imported cars. And he even directly asked the Korean Automobile Association to recommend the specific type of their car. So it was actually the first time that a ministerial official chose an imported car, not a domestic car, as the official government car. And in line with this, he's also against on expanding the so-called giving away welfare, saying that fiscal soundness is important. Well, despite his ample uh, sufficient experience, the fact that he is 73 years old, and has no public service experience for the past 10 years is considered a disadvantage. And there are also some concerns that it may be realistically difficult to keep up with domestic and foreign policy issues that have so much drastically changed from more than a decade ago. That's actually a very fair point because, Mm -hmm. I mean, South Korea now and South Korea 10 years ago, I mean, that's just uh, two different South Koreas that we're talking about, especially on the economy. I mean, Mm -hmm. South Korea has grown so much uh, that things are certainly not how it used to be 10 years ago. Uh, Also, going into some diplomacy-related news here, North Korea lambasted South Korea on Sunday after South's uh, defense minister's hoax that Seoul is capable of launching preemptive strikes against any target in the North. Uh, Poem, give us the details on this. Sure. Uh, Kim Yo-jung, the younger sister of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, denounced South Korea's defense chief's hoax for his remark over the nation's missile capabilities, warning that Seoul may face a serious threat. In a rare press statement issued the previous day, she called the South Korean defense minister, quote, a senseless and scum-like guy for mentioning a preemptive strike at the nuclear weapons state. 
Last Friday, Sir publicly uh, stressed that his troops have the capabilities to accurately and swiftly uh, strike the region of uh, the North Korea's missile firing, as well as command and support facilities in the case of clear signs of launch toward the south. Kim described her message as a warning upon authorization, saying that the South Korea may face a serious threat owing to reckless remarks made by its uh, defense minister. She also added that Pyongyang will reconsider a lot of things considering uh, South Korea. A strongly worded statement against South Korea came as it is preparing for a power transition. Uh, President Moon Jae-in, who has tried to improve Seoul Pyongyang ties, is ending his five-year term next month with the conservative Yoon Song-yeol elected as his successor. Yoon has hinted at taking a hard-line stance toward the North. Meanwhile, Park Jong-chun, the North top uh, military official, also warned a separate statement that Pyongyang would destroy any target in the South in case of preemptive strike, uh, pointing out that the two Koreas are still technically at war. Uh, the South Korean government called Monday on North Korea to refrain from its escalating tensions in the region, um, responding to the latest statement directed at Seoul. Uh, the Ministry of Unification strongly urges the North to return to the path toward dialogue and cooperation instead of tensions and confrontation. Despite Pyongyang's warnings, South and North Korea had their regular phone call via the joint liaison hotlines Monday morning. According to Seoul's Unification Ministry, calls between the two proceeded as usual at 9 a.m. However, tensions on, on the Korean Peninsula will be expected to rise further in April, as uh, Pyongyang may hold a major parade in time for the 110th birth anniversary of leader Kim Jong-un's late grandfather and the national founder Kim Il-sung on April 5th. You know, to be fair, I mean, South Korea has been uh, very patient <laughs> with North Korea for the past <laughs> several years yeah. now. Uh, I, you know, they've always kind of encouraged dialogue to happen. It didn't. Uh, obviously, the probably the strongest remark by Seoul so far in the past few years now uh, comes amid the ICBM testing. And so what are you going to do? Are you going to sit back and just say, you know, let them uh, testify their ICBMs? There are going to be some strong remarks from the South Korean side. Mm. To be honest with you, I, I think if North Korea wanted any kind of peace negotiation, it should have uh, conducted any kind of dialogue. Uh, way before, uh, even at the start of this year, before the UNA administration kicks in. Uh, and if things were going pretty well, maybe the UNA administration would have uh, continued on with the peaceful dialogue. Certainly doesn't seem that way anymore right now. In the meantime, uh, we did have some really tragic news uh, last Friday. Uh, four South Korean pilots uh, killed on duty. Send-off ceremony for the four uh, was held in Sacheon today. Sumin, uh, tell us about this. Yeah, so the send-off ceremony for the four South Korean Air Force pilots who died in last week's tragic Air Force jet crash was held earlier today. Well, Air Force Chief of Staff Park Jin-ho, the bereaved family of the deceased, uh, fellow pilots, colleagues, and members of the unit all attended the send-off ceremony, mourning their dedication and sacrifice. Where well, Professor Lee Jang-hee and Jeon Yong-ar were veteran pilots of the Air Force, and they did their best to 
to train junior pilots even after being discharged from the military. Now, Lieutenant uh, Chong Jong-hyuk and Cha Jae-yong were commissioned in 2021, and they were reportedly talented pilots who won the trust of colleagues and seniors for their dedication to their duties. Earlier, President Moon Jae-in also expressed his condolences over the death of four pilots and expressed his deep sympathy toward the bereaved families. So the funeral was held as a joint funeral in Sacheon, Gyeongsangnam-do province, and the Air Force, at the request of the bereaved families, had decided not to give media access to the funeral and the burial ceremony held this evening at the uh, held yesterday evening at the Daejeon National Cemetery. Well, military officials are currently examining the jet's fi- flight recorders to get to the bottom of these reasons behind the crash, as the Air Force has retrieved the black boxes of the KT-1 trader jets. The investigation into the cause is likely to pick up speed. Well, the accident took place on Friday with two KT-1 trainer jets, each carrying a trainee pilot and a flight instructor, collided in midair, crashed near the Air Force's third training wing in Sacheon, killing all four aboard. And this was the first midair collision of the two KT-1 jets and the first such accident involving any pair of Air Force jets uh, since 2008. That's right. And of course, uh, we heard earlier this year of another uh, you know accident uh, where it took the life of uh, one of the pilots as well really is tragic to hear uh, news like this mm-hmm. uh, guys we're gonna move on switch gears here talk about some uh, entertainment related news uh, we were hoping some for some positive news yeah. on this mm-hmm. front but uh, unfortunately BTS failing to win the Grammy Awards once again and this of course uh, one of the biggest US music awards this year uh, they needed the Grammys uh, in order to pull a triple crown this was mm-hmm. the one elusive award they couldn't uh, pick up but uh, they did pull off a fascinating performance on stage uh, nevertheless assuming you have more on this yeah, so to many fans and watchers' dismay, the K-pop megastar BTS has failed to take home an honor at the Grammy Awards, which is one of the biggest U.S. music awards for the second consecutive year. Well, BTS was nominated for the Best Pop Duo or Group Performance with the mega-hit Butter for the 64th Grammy Awards, but left the ceremony empty-handed on Sunday U.S. time. The white honor instead went to Doja Cat and SZE Duo with its hit song Kiss Me More. Well, just to give you some more information about the song that was nominated, Butter, it was released in May of last year. It's indeed an energetic, vibrant summary song that secured the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for 10 non-consecutive weeks and garnered over 720 million YouTube views. Well, because the nomination especially followed the band's winning of the, one of the three largest music awards last year, including the top honor of the Artist of the Year, at the American Music Awards in November, Dynamite winning awards at the Billboard last year, there was this high expectation in the K-pop industry that BTS would possibly also win the Grammy for the first time in the country. But although they weren't able to take home the Grammy, they took the stage as the performer of the ceremony for the third consecutive year with a suspense-filled performance of its butter song. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, we had a chance, I'm pretty sure uh, Young Day, our music critic is going to be uh, talking about this uh, later this week mm. but uh, he did talk about um, some of the flaws with the Grammy uh, some of the flaws with the Academy uh, the people that are the members of the Academy the members of the Grammy I mean it almost seems like they don't want to lose out on this major award to a uh, a non-western mm. uh, you know artist and so forth and I mean 
I don't have to be sitting here telling you everyone how big BTS was the past couple of, of years. Not, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, 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 it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but I mean, what are you going to do? But still, uh, officials of uh, President-elect Yoon Sung-yeol's transition team on Saturday visited HYBE, of course, the agency of K-pop sensations BTS, all eyes, whether or not uh, they're going to be discussing the issue of military service exemption. This is something that's been talked about for actually uh, a few years now, but don't, uh, Poem, tell us more about this. Um, well, while many expected Antosu and Hybe officials to discuss about granting exemptions from military service to BTS, there was no mention of that phony issue, and added that the visit aimed at listening to what the new administration can do for startups and entertainment businesses. His visit came amid the speculation that the transition team could discuss the issue of military service exemption for BTS member with Pang Siok, the founder and the chairman of HYPE. All right, so Paul, uh, for many of our listeners who are tuning in abroad, I mean, maybe they're not too familiar with uh, what exactly military service is or military service exemption particularly is. So can you kind of uh, briefly explain to them what it, what it is? Sure. Um, we all know that in South Korea, all able-bodied South Korean men between the ages of 18 and 28 are required to serve the military in the military for about two years. However, there are exemptions. Under the current military service law, uh, a military service exemption applies to those that check any of the following boxes, any medal winners at the Olympics, first and second ranker at the international art competitions and gold medalist at the Asian Games or domestic arts and competitions. The art competition listed are unfortunately restricted to to the fine arts and first pop pop music artists such as BTS do not fall in the category. With the field of uh, culture, uh, only award-winning classical musicians are acknowledged as eligible for exemption. In September 2018, uh, 27-year-old South Korean football player Son Eung-min, who plays for the English Premier League's Tottenham Hotspurs, uh, secured an exemption from military service when the Korean national team defeated Japan to win the gold medal at the Asian Games. The list of exemptions has not previously included K-pop stars like BTS, despite topping the Billboard charts and generating international fan favor. Fever, uh, leading to many fans uh, taking to social media to ask why this performance, who have been instrumental in promoting South Korea as cultural music, have been left out. A bill that would uh, allow a male pop celebrity to substitute their mandatory active duty service for other alternate programs has been pending at the uh, National Assembly. The Defense Ministry earlier stressed the need for prudence in considering whether to allow uh, active duty military service exemption for BTS. All right, guys. So uh, this is one of those things where uh, when you talk about discussions and uh, debate about uh, military exemptions um, that I just kind of drop out and uh, let you guys talk about this because this is for our, for our listeners, this is probably one of the most sensitive topics. Mm. Um, and so, truth be told, uh, myself being uh, not a, uh, you know, of a uh, the American citizen and uh, me not being able to serve military here in Korea, I, to be honest with you, I don't think I have any rights to talk <laughs> about this. So I'm going to let you guys uh, take it away with this. Sumin, uh, just 
what's your take on the military service exemption for BTS? Well, I'd also rather take the fifth on this issue, be- not just because it's such a sensitive issue here in South Korea. It's because I agree with both sides of the argument. Well, for one, uh, one side they say continuing BTS's major main activities instead of the mandatory military service may contribute more to the national interest, and the other sides they are saying that emphasizing social equity and consensus and i do think that the presidential transition committee is indeed creating an atmosphere that are conducive to bringing this issue to the fore because chairman antersu himself urged passing uh, this military service special exemption act when he was himself running as the presidential candidate his argument was well suning min was exempted why not bts and he also said that bts is well qualified for alternate programs. So I do think that this debate always comes down to this matter of fairness and social consensus and equities because I also think that criteria and standard are still quite vague. But, you know, considering that the current law exempts athletes and fine artists based on the results of winning the Olympics or Asian Games or the results of the major international arts competition and the fact that about 45 people per year are eligible for this in terms of enhancing the nation's image i well i do believe that bts could be included in the top 45 uh, but again i do think that sufficient discussions is also always have to be preceded when making such an important decision yeah you know some people argue like the athletes who've uh, you know olympians and so forth who've been exempt from uh, military i mean they put in more training than some of the uh, the servicemen i mean same could be said about bts right yeah. i mean they, these guys aren't just going out there and you know singing and that's all it's done i mean they're they're basically practicing and doing uh, you know, choreographing their dances mm. all throughout the day. They're traveling uh, all over the world. I mean, their schedule is just ridiculous. And so they can't argue that, uh, yeah, I mean, they deserve to be exempt. Uh, Millennia, who's uh, in, I believe, Singapore, says, interestingly, Joseph Schooling, yes, I do remember him. He's the swimmer, I believe, mm. uh, Olympic gold medalist has to and is currently serving military service in Singapore. So I don't know, um, I'm not 100% sure about Singapore, but I don't think they particularly have an exemption rule uh, for them. So yeah, Joseph Schooling, uh, big name, because I believe he was also the first gold medalist for Singapore, if I'm not oh, really? mistaken. So I mean, he really, that oh. was big when he won gold medal in swimming from what hmm. I understand. Uh, Pum, what about yourself? What's your take on the military service exemption for BTS? Like you said, it is an extremely sensitive issue in South Korea. So extending an existing um, exemption will be very difficult. But a uh, main point is that there is an issue in the equality. Mm. I mean, for example, you are given an ex- exemption if you win the first prize in violin, uh, piano and classical music competitions. However, you are not given an exemption for uh, ranking number one on the billboard chart. And you can find the winner of a ballet competition on the list but not the winner of b-boying competitions. There is a norm for winners for esports competitions, which mm. dominate the world. You're right. So mm. I think the fairness of the system is the point. So the standards of uh, military service exemptions should be revised, I think, and the government should evaluate whether the field of arts should be applied only to fi- the fine arts. You know, it's interesting you mentioned b-boying and esports mm-hmm. is because now they could potentially be uh, part of the exemption because in yeah. the next summer olympics in paris 
b-boying and esports as included in the olympics so if like team korea right maybe the powerhouses and b-boying they end up winning the gold medal who knows they might be exempt uh in esport i don't know faker uh if he ends up winning a gold medal which is probably highly likely is he going to get exempt it's a possibility definitely for sure uh so you know we'll have to see what happens but in the meantime um i i didn't watch the grammy so i missed this but ukrainian president vladimir zelensky made a surprise appearance uh delivered a pre-taped speech during the Grammys amid his country's war with Russia. Uh, Poma, just uh, round us out with this. Well, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky appeared in a video message at the Grammy Awards to ask for support in telling the story of Ukraine's invasion by Russia. During the message that aired uh, on the show Sunday, he likened the invasion to a deadly silence, threatening to uh, extinguish the dreams and lives of Ukrainian people, including children. Following Zelensky's message, John Legend performed his song Free with Ukrainian uh, musicians. Uh, All of them were dressed in either blue or yellow, the national color of Ukraine, as a tribute to the country. And then images of war destructions uh, were projected behind them on the giant screen. Uh, Millennia says, are there any exemptions for outstanding academic achievements? Um, I wouldn't know because I've never achieved something like that, but uh, I don't think they're part of that neither but uh, nevertheless it is interesting to talk about uh for both of our reporters thank you very much for coming in today and also giving your insights on some of these uh, very touchy issues as well stay safe and we'll see you guys again you can listen to korea now with me sj lee by downloading the arirang radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.